0: Hello and welcome to another amazing episode with two hosts, one of whom is not currently dying and sick. That's me. Yep, yeah, I'm I'm dying, I'm sick. We literally cancelled recording last night because I literally went through four boxes of Kleenex. Jesus. Oh, uh, yeah, no, it was... My wife kept turning to look at me being like, are you sure you're okay and you're gonna survive till tomorrow? And then the last hour of work today just... And the weirdest thing is... Of all the days to get this incredibly sick and, like, start getting over the cold, I actually had a scheduled doctor's appointment tonight. Huh. It never happens. You, no one ever goes to the doctor when they're actually sick with an appointment.
1: <laughs> what are the it odds? Just
0: my body was like, oh, you're seeing a doctor? Now I can get you. <laughs> anyways, all this to say there'll be some snifflings. I'll do the best in the post to get rid of them. I may cough a bit more than usual. I, I, I do my best to avoid these normally, and I'm sure they get it anyways, but expect more of this episode. I'm super sorry. Such is one of the dangers of
1: podcasts you can't always account for uh, under the weatherness. we make Yep, do. and I have
0: more recording to do for other shows after this, too, so that'll be a fun night of recording. Indeed. But why don't we get started?
1: Yes, so uh, where we left off, we are almost <laughs> yes. through book one. Uh, we are starting to get really to the peak of the action. We're almost at the Northern Water Tribe, but first we take a quick stop. Uh, so book one episode 17 we're at the northern air temple
0: yes.
1: uh and here's the synopsis go ahead after hearing tales the people with the ability to fly are inhabiting the northern air temple ang and the crew travel there eager to meet airbenders however they instead find a, tr- a misplaced tribe of earth kingdom natives who much to Aang's
0: disappointment have renovated much of the temple I mean, it leaves a lot out compared to most descriptions. Like, I mean, it hits all the bullet points, but we kind of miss the entire, like, second half of the episode, really. Yeah, this is one of those synopses that it really just scrapes the surface. This is one of those, like, you'd see in the TV guide for, like, an episode of Simpsons, like, Bart gets in trouble, Homer gets upset. Like, cool, you've described 98% of the show. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But I must say, before we even start, I I I, like, The effort it took me to not just hit continue playing for the finale after watching both these episodes, because they're both such good episodes that just really do so much. Um, I don't know, I think, like, I watched the first one, I watched The Air Temple, and I was like, oh my god, I forgot how good this season gets. Yeah. Uh, And also, speaking of how good this season gets, I am going to do a little more research. I did a cursory note of it now. I think the animation budget was increased between last episode and this episode.
1: Uh, it's possible. I would say that's something worth uh worth looking into a little bit. I have no yeah, idea. If, if
0: anyone's if anyone's like like thinking about it, go back and watch even just the first few scenes in this episode, once Aang enters the Air Temple, his facial expressions are much more defined, they're much cleaner, they're more emotive, they don't seem as cartoony as the past episodes have. It looks like they actually like almost changed their art style a little bit when it came to facial details. And it does reflect in the following episode as well. And I, I may have just missed it in the last episode or two, but in this episode it really like it stood out. I'd say that's possible.
1: I'd say that uh, <laughs> I, I don't think it's something I I notice off the top of my head, but you know, you're always the animation guy, so I, I take oh, I take your word on that. Yeah. So um we start off with this episode and, you know, I like, I don't really know why they're there, but I like how it's sort of just, he hears the tale of, oh, these air walkers, they laugh mm-hmm. at gravity, and of course Aang's like, ha ha, gravity. I
0: laugh at gravity all the time.
1: <laughs> gravity. It's a very, very cute kiddie moment, I like that. Exactly, but it gets it gets to the Northern Air Temple, right? It's like, okay. In our, it, it's weird, because I imagine watching... For the first time, it's like you know in your head that all the Airbenders died out. Ang is the last Airbender, but there's still that little bit of hope that oh, what if, what if they missed some? What if they just didn't go to the what the Northern Air Temple for whatever reason was so secluded
0: and so hidden and mysterious? The Fire Nation couldn't get to it, and they were all presumed dead. Pretty much. Uh, that's, yeah, that's, I mean, I remember watching this when I was, when I, my first viewing, I can imagine myself, I like, almost believe I did sit there going, wait, what? Yeah. Like, this seems, this seems too easy, something's up, but, I mean, is it Airbenders? Ah, I do And, I mean, even after this, like, I still, I don't remember if we ever, I don't think we ever do meet another Airbender, I think I'm very certain we never actually meet another one outside of uh, flashbacks and cutaways. Not, not but, in this series, No. No no no. But I, I do truly imagine like even now I still have them even though I've seen it, I'm like, do we? Are there others? Am I missing some? Like, it's still always there, so yes, in this moment, though it is quickly squashed as a theory, yeah. It does still have that moment where you're like, Maybe it is happening. Ooh.
1: It's interesting, cause Sokka and Katara are like the two sides of it, right? Katara's like, Oh, maybe there is an air better Sokka's like do you want me to be like you, or do you want me to tell the truth?
0: <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a that's a pressing line. That was like a ooh, that's ooh, serious boy. Don't like that, no.
1: Yeah, but I think I think he saw what happened at the Southern Air Temple, and it's like you know, building Eng up to let letting down again. And and we even see when he gets there and he finds out that it's not Airbenders. In fact, they're well, they turn out to be refugees, actually, mm-hmm. um, that converted. What End considered to be sacred, I guess it was
0: sacred into all this yeah, machinery. Yeah, I mean, they, they and... did. They did desecrate his temple. I mean, as much as we... at the end of the episode, we'll get to the he he accepts the the changing and the evolution, but they did basically smash his heritage in favor of saving themselves, which ultimately is a good thing, but it hurts. I can imagine being upset by that. Yeah, that's probably very very jarring. <laughs> hmm. But um. But you can even see it, like, even when he sees, like, oh, they're not flying, they're just gliding. Like, there's such a letdown in him. Like, he really, for a moment, had hope that maybe, maybe they were there. And that's, that's harsh. That's, that's rough. It is.
1: I I think that Aang, I guess we'll never exactly know, but I do feel like Aang is sort of, like, I feel like he probably knew that, there must have been something that was up. That was maybe too good to be true. But there was definitely that part of them that's like, maybe, what if? Mm-hmm. What if they're all wrong? What if? What if there actually are some airbenders? They're always very shifty. They're very elusive. And <coughs> maybe there's some that hid away for a hundred years. And who knows?
0: Exactly. I mean, it, it does make sense from the standpoint of the characters and as the viewer. That there is always this looming mystery of what if, like you know, if Aang could survive for a hundred years, who's to say another tribe didn't hide away, or yeah. a few airbenders here and there made it away and their gene passed down? We don't know. Um, I must call out though. So in introducing the uh, as as they are known as the air walkers, these uh, refugees who have lived in this temple. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, just kudos for representation. Here we have a leading character in the episode who is in a wheelchair good for them that not many shows to this day will still remember to introduce characters with other types of physical accessibility needs
1: it's interesting because they never except for his father saying oh my son got badly hurt by the accident they never really mention it they just sort of treat him like
0: a regular human which he
1: is. Yeah. Well, that's it. Like yeah, it's Again, kudos. He's not sort of being like the 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 vehicle to be like, "Oh, well, I'm just like you." It's just it, it, it's not like I don't know how to describe this well, but it's not like he's not there for the sole purpose of being a learning point. He's really there exactly. to be a no, character
0: percent
1: and to you know, he's a character who happens to be in a wheelchair. He's not a wheelchair disabled character.
0: No, uh, I mean, like, I, I can clearly imagine at the same, I mean, okay, a lot younger, watching the magic school bus, and they introduce a the character with a wheelchair, and the entire episode revolves around whatever the plot is, but they keep coming back to the, oh, he's in a wheelchair, and then him being like, I can do it. Like, yeah, that wasn't the center of the episode, but they still have to make a really obvious point about it. Um, I, for, I mean, total tangent for a second, I've know the last episode, I don't know if it was on air or off air, I mentioned to you the show The Dragon Prince. Yeah. Did you watch it yet? I did not. So, I won't spoil anything, but they do in that, again, do it, again, it's a lot of the same writing staff and uh, creative team behind Avatar, so a little relationship. Right. But in, like, episode three or four, they introduce a major character who speaks in sign language. Hmm. She has a translator, so he's there translating There are moments where she goes off to talk to somebody and there is no translation because it's a private conversation. So unless you happen to read ASL, you're not getting the message. Right. Like it's, it's really well done and it's never made into a plot point. It's just, this is a character trait of this character. It's a quirk that they have. It's something they have to live with and deal with. And they are a well-respected person. And I, again, it's a, I know it's a lot of the same writing staff. So I just want to continue in saying kudos to writing well-developed characters of every type. That's it.
1: That's it. Obviously, a show yeah, yeah. like this that is for still for kids, but for older kids, you know. Whereas, yeah, like you, I'll use Magic School the same example. It's maybe at that age, it's, you do want to sort of say, "Okay, this person's in a wheelchair, and this is why they're just as able as the rest of us, even though they have maybe different accessibility needs." Mm-hmm. On a show that is a bit more aged then, yeah, I think you can have the subtlety. And it's like, okay, yes, it's very obvious that this person is in a wheelchair and differently abled, but none of the characters... Which is strange, because you don't see that many differently abled characters. So you'd almost expect Aang and Sokka and Katara to actually make a comment and be like, oh, I, like we haven't encountered a differently abled character yet.
0: But no, Which not at we all. we are going to get to next book and yes. they do a little bit more and i guess it's to help develop that character but yeah i know it's it seems like the obvious way for the show to go it's true we obviously yeah we're not, i don't think we're spoiling too too much
1: but yeah we do meet another character and her disability does become a large part of our identity but i think that's different i think that's a different thing
0: yeah it's 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 exploring a character's development based on their lack of or their disability in y- yes, in the, in the bluntness of like it's a part of her and she's had to learn to live with it, but it also lets us grow the character and eventually get to the point where that isn't a major blocker anymore.
1: Yeah, I imagine if uh, if Teo Teo is the character's yes, name, I imagine you. if he joined them and you know went through the next couple books with them, we probably would have some storylines surrounding him being in a wheelchair.
0: Oh yeah, and I think at that point it's fair as long as you don't make it. They're more than their disability, I think, is the, the message we're going to get across. Exactly. Exactly. Um, what
1: else is in this episode? Oh,
0: um, how surprisingly dark the story turns in this episode. How it goes from, like, uh, Teo's father, which, by the way, is never named in the episode. No, I just wrote dad at a certain point. I've so, I, I, like, I I i thought made a habit now of checking voice cast when I think I recognize a voice, and even then, just I do it on a whim now. Yeah. Uh, again, no major names in this two episodes I can really think of worth mentioning, but if, if you have a fan of one of them, I'm sorry if I'm insulting you, but <sighs> none of them stuck out to me as another popular voice or actor that was worth bringing up so specifically. Right. They're all talented voice actors, I mean, my god, I wish I, I would play any of them in a heartbeat. Sure. Um, I can be Princess Yui, shut up. <laughs> Why but, not? But, um, exactly. Uh, we'll, we'll get to that in a minute, actually, the gender equality. Um, but no. Sure. Uh, when they open up the doors to the sacred uh, air temple that only an airbender can open and we find that this happy-go-lucky mechanics of a father has been secretly supplying weapons to the Fire Nation albeit to protect his his family and his refugees and to ultimately for the greater good, that is such like a sudden turn it is. I totally had, for- I had totally forgotten about it, and I was like oh right, that's a thing, damn it
1: Yeah, yeah, it's uh, (laughs) I think I'd forgotten about that too, honestly, but what a difficult position uh, for him to be in, because it's a lose-lose, because especially now that the Avatar and his friends are around, and your son doesn't know, so it's like, they find out, they're angry at you, but you keep doing it, and they're just going to stay angry at you, but if you stop, then the Fire Nation's going to come and blow your stuff up, so it's like, what do you do?
0: Oh no! True, it's a it's a real. I feel it's a description for a or a name for that kind of situation when you have a choice. You have there's no good option. Ah, uh, to lose you're lose. Between, to lose lose. You're stuck in a rock in a hard place. It's uh, the lesser of two evils. At least your family lives, in your yes, you might be inadvertently uh, tangentially bringing pain and suffering to others, but you're protecting those near you. The alternate is you. They continue bringing harm in a slightly lower scale, but I mean. Uh, again, to just go off that, uh, it's, yeah, it's tough. Uh, it also does, though, bring us one of the coolest things Aang will ever do, and that is the air slap. Oh, yeah, the air slap. <laughs> he legit backhands that Fire Nation guy with it, the uh, whip. It is just such a, like, I'm not even attacking you, I am just insulting you.
1: It was the equivalent of, like, taking the white glove and, like, smacking it across <laughs> the face with it.
0: you have disrespected my my land and my friends, I challenge you to a duel. Yeah, and then um, big battle yeah, scene. Yeah, and that, that duel comes, and that's a pretty hectic fight scene. Those, like, I mean, I guess we're supposed to understand that the mechanic here, Teo's father built these things, like, they make it very clear. Those things are insane when you think about the technology we currently have in the show.
1: I wonder if they're trying to draw not in, not maybe directly, but some parallels with with Nazi Germany. Just in the terms of the technological advancements and the the metal, the steel, the smoke, the... Just the very industrial... Holding your
0: scientists hostage against their will, making them build you weapons. Yeah, that's a lot of parallels, buddy. Yeah. You know, a lot of accurate parallels. I imagine
1: there's some... I imagine if you ask the writers, it's not totally... Oh yeah, I don't think they would ever
0: blatantly say like, yes, this is based off World War II Nazi Germany. I think they would avoid saying those exact words. I think so too. But taking inspiration from one culture, thinking theirs is the best, and dominating other cultures around them and being, because they're bigger and have more resources, being able to uh, speed up the arms race. Like, yeah, I think there's a lot of comparisons that can be drawn without having to blatantly say that, but yes. A little bit Nazi Germany yeah
1: so I, I don't know I, th- I don't know why it struck me in this episode just because I guess just because you see for the first time like of a, a large well not for the first time, but you do see a good amount of fire nation artillery and army and just I don't know the organization the the, the like I said the machinery the vehicles yeah it
0: really they they're, they're, they're a war they're a war force versus a bunch of renegades or a bunch of like rebels pretty much. Like, the closest thing we ever really see to another militia, really, is a little bit in the Earth Nation and a little bit in the Water Nations, but it's, like, the entirety of the Fire Nation.
1: Yeah. That's it. I mean, and also, we're not at the Northern Water Tribe yet, so I imagine there's a Water Tribe army that we're oh, going yeah, to I would get. That's it's probably yes. leading up to it. Uh, we'll get there. But, um, obviously, for now, we're going to, from village to village. So, the closest thing we really had is, was, honestly, probably Jet. And
0: uh... I don't know, I think the, the Kyoshi Warriors were probably oh, more, yeah. of, a, more of a fighting force than an organized military force, That's but even true. then they were what, like 8 of them? maybe 12? yeah, there weren't many um, well we do get another great example in this war here of Sokka first of all, this entire episode of Sokka being kind of smart is hilarious
1: I know he, he has like, a lot of brilliant moments
0: but again, it kind of comes to show that in the right scenarios, in the right backwards thinking way that he does go with, when he lets himself almost, he doesn't feel ashamed of his ideas, the fact that he's, his ideas are being embraced by someone of an equal level of eccentricity, he's able to excel, and in fact solves his problem with the war balloon, and you, you, you put a lid on hot air, I wish we knew how to, ha ha ha, you put a lid on it. And then, like almost like it's that meme of like Katara being like, "Ha, oh, what a dumb brother! Dumb brother, this is a thing." Shit, he's right. <laughs>
1: yeah, that's it. And we got to see actually also the first time of uh, Katara really show her improvement in waterbending Like it seems like yeah, she messes those things up. She yeah, she really really lays them out. Um, and then you know, obviously, Dad's turned around. He wants to help out. Mm-hmm. interesting you sort of see his face afterwards uh, after the battle's over after the war seems to be won he seems less less happy i don't know really i didn't catch that i uh, maybe i was reading into it but like after they are all celebrating he sort of turns away and Tough to, tough to sort of get an idea of what
0: exactly his look is in, in animation, but it seems like... I don't know. I think if I had to infer, I would probably say just it's, a, it's, it's celebration, but he's now seen the fruits of his labor in use in a negative way. And he's now realizing that, like, I've put those machines in the world. I have made these things, and I've made them this way. I've given them this firepower and this artillery. Like, what have I done?
1: that's possible i think either way for him it's maybe like a bittersweet ending and especially it's it's juxtaposed with the fire nation finding that downed uh yeah war balloon uh
0: so right literally as they celebrate we have the skies they can't take the skies from us the skies are our safe place we'll always have the skies they'll never have the skies oh yeah that's gonna oof That'll be a fun surprise, I'm sure, in a few uh, episodes. Exactly. Um, but yeah, I, I love an episode like this where we get, like, again, a really nice, good twist. Uh, everyone kind of grows and develops a little bit in their own way. Uh, I love seeing Sokka succeed. It's just, he's the buffoon character, so when he does succeed, like, I often go back and say one of the greatest heroic stories in all of storytelling history to me and you are gonna not understand in a second, but I hope you'll follow me on this one. Right. Bulkan Skull from Power Rangers. Okay. I don't know if you watched the entirety of Power Rangers up to the end of the original like, Ranger saga before they started just doing spin-off series. I did But the like I think it was like the end of was like whatever it was, like the they eventually went to space, and they got lost in space, and then galaxies, then went back to Earth, and there was a huge final conflict. But in that huge kind of conflict, Bulk and Skull become, like, super important characters. And, like, you finally see, like, the fruits of their growing and evolving and understanding the world. And, like, they're not heroes, but being not a hero means they can save the day. And it's such an amazing moment of, like, watching these characters who have always been kind of dolts. They've never necessarily been evil, just stupid or misguided. And, like, they've learned and they've grown. And here they are, finally doing something amazing, and at the same time super humble, like, on a much intenser scale, but mm. I, I love seeing Sokka when he can go from being the buffoon to being the hero for a little bit is just such a nice reward. I agree. I agree. Sorry, that was a really, that was a really long rant.
1: I, I see what you're getting at, though.
0: <laughs> but it, I'll have to send you a video about it, it's great.
1: Yeah, definitely, but I think this episode is nice because... It starts sort of the slow ramp up. We know we're going towards a final battle. This is sort of the yeah. last... They're at the Northern Air Temple, so it's the last stop most you know, pretty much before the Northern Water Tribe. We know that the Fire Nation is assembling forces. Obviously, this is all going to come to a head. We, I, I assume that most people know that the season's almost over by now. So yeah. we know that there's a big clash coming and mm-hmm. it doesn't take a genius to figure out that that is going to happen at the Northern Water Tribe, which is where we are going in the next episode. So Ottawa. I think that's a good spot. I think we've ranted
0: enough on this episode. Would you be willing to read us the description?
1: Yeah. Uh, book 1, Episode 18, The Waterbending Master. Finally reaching the North Pole, Aang finds a waterbending master. However, the master refuses to teach Katara being that women are forbidden to learn the arts. Meanwhile, Sokka spends time with Yue, princess of the Northern Water Tribe. Admiral Zhao hires the pirates to assassinate Zuko while he prepares a massive fleet to invade the North Pole.
0: I mean, very straight to the point covers all the major details. Um, I would just like to point out that they have now completed a journey of over twenty thousand kilometers from pole to pole by the way
1: yeah, they pretty much went from one side of the world to the other
0: <laughs> they 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 have literally if you take their start if you take this episode and the first episode, you have an earth sandwich
1: yeah. <laughs>
0: it- <laughs> They, they've again. How close were they actually to the physical south or north pole? Who knows? But I'm willing to give them the benefit of the doubt on this one. Given I'm sure they took some, it wasn't a straight line all the way through. Clearly.
1: Yeah, I also don't um, know the exact geography of the world of Avatar.
0: Yeah, but I can I can assume it's a round globe and the north and south pole are opposite each other, which is and I assume it's roughly the size of Earth. I'll just give it that benefit of the doubt as well. All right. Sure, it could be it could be smaller. I didn't think about that. Damn it. Yeah. <laughs>
1: I feel like it's smaller, but who knows? Mm. I, don't, I don't know if it's ever really confirmed, or... Someone, someone might be able to correct this on this
0: one. I'm sure someone's figured out, like, the exact size of one of the cities, and that city's relativeness to the landmass, because of the maps they always show in the background, and you can figure out that from this point to this point would be this many kilometers, and thus if it was a perfect globe, it would be this. I'm sure, I guarantee you, the math can be done, and has been done. For sure. If
1: you know if... this answer, please <laughs> let us know.
0: Please, I'd love to know. I'm, I'll Google it, but I'm not going to go much more than that. Um, I have so many notes for this episode. Oh my god, there is so much to talk about. It. So quickly.
1: Yeah, this this definitely picks up. Um, finally, we're at the Northern Water Tribe, where really, I think this is the first, besides Omashu, this is really the first semblance of a, of a larger city, besides mm-hmm. small town, small town, small town. Got a very Venice-like vibe. Just going yeah, through and all the
0: bridges, Ooh. yeah, with the bridges and the canals, Sorry. but and, but just I love the construction. It's all like this one continuous flowing like mountain of ice that's been carved down almost. It's really cool. That's yeah, really the way nice they like open, the way they open the locks with just multiple waterbenders en mass in unison is just so cool.
1: It's no, I really really love the animation here. I like, uh, I love the construction, um, I like that immediately that our, our heroes are greeted, like they couldn't find the Northern Water Tribe, and so they sent, like, the Northern Water Tribe sent out, like, a party to, to go and find well, them and bring them back. capture
0: them. They kind of, they kind of capture Appa at first, and then they realize who it is and take him with them. True. I guess you can never um, be too careful. Something else I've always, like, I kind of, it hit me in this episode, and it's it's a weird, like, it's an animation thing, I know. But, like, they have been wearing the same outfits from Tropical Island to literally the North Pole. True. Like, if they're, like, either, if Sock and Guitar's clothes are warm enough for the North Pole, how are they surviving anywhere else? And if Aang is able to survive, like, super nice warm weather, how is he surviving here and not freezing to death? Just a weird observation, because like I feel like the North Pole is cold. I
1: imagine the North Pole is cold, hence why Sokka and Katara are wearing what they're wearing, and why yeah. everyone in that northern water tribe is wearing the same thing.
0: I mean, Princess Yui's bundled up like there's no tomorrow. Yes. Like, that's a parka and a half she's wearing. That's true. Um, um, anyways, enough of my weird inability to suspend disbelief when it comes to character design in a show for children um, but it's, it's an amazing journey and it's amazing to see where they've gotten and uh, again there's just so much so fast um, sticking to the Water Nation side of things, we get the introduction to Princess Yue and yeah. immediately the flirting with Sokka is adorable on both their sides yeah, you know, you get your typical teenage
1: awkwardness and Sokka being a bit of a dork, being a
0: little nervous. Go go out for an activity. An activity. An, yep. <laughs> an activity. You know, I'm somewhat of a prince myself. Just... <laughs> But I love how it's like it's he can be a dork, she laughs, it doesn't have to be like a huge thing. It's just it's cute, it's innocent, it's adorable. I mean, it it's a good bit of humanity
1: to show, like, yeah, this is the party that's more or less responsible for saving the world, but they're still like teenagers. Teenagers. Yeah. So, you know, Saka doing a little bit of, of flexing on uh, on UA and trying to show off being being a typical sixteen, fifteen year old boy. Yeah.
0: And then we go from that adorableness to gender inequality. The show, yes, yeah, sir. So we learned that
1: Master Paku's Master, kind of master a Paku, dick. yeah,
0: yeah. No, he is a serious jerk. And again, to his credit, this is our classic. He's wrong. He learns a lesson. Men and women can be treated equally, and customs can change. Again, we'll dig more in, but at first, major jerk. Yeah, he's definitely presented as like sort of a cranky
1: cranky old man um, mm-hmm. but I wonder how much of that he's a product of his environment it seems like the northern water tribe is very very set in traditions like when princess Yue comes out oh it's her 16th birthday she is of marriage of marrying, age. marrying age and yeah. you know men have to learn fighting women have to learn healing and and it seems there's a lot of custom and a lot of dated customs in the Northern Water Tribe that maybe aren't there in the Southern Water Tribe and and of course the rest of the world. Um, so I th- I don't know how much of that Master Paku has influenced himself or if he is a not a victim, but if he is a, a product of a that. byproduct of Yeah. It.
0: No, I think that's I think that's a fair point to take as much as I don't want to ever excuse someone's actions just no. because of their environment. It it does at least make sense that someone who grew up in an environment when this is where this is how things are are kind of stuck in the way and again the fact that by the end of the episode he clearly makes the change and understands No, I, I think I... is a good character development as much as it's a character flaw that is resolved. It's it's a good way to do it. It doesn't make him feel like a villain. It just makes him feel like an uncultured jerk and he eventually learns to respect women.
1: That's it. I think I definitely didn't want to say, "Okay, no, this is the explanation he's off the hook." Uh obviously Oh, yeah, no, no, I know, yeah. Yeah, these types of um, cultural cultural laws are only valid within the context that they exist in, and, and obviously, I mean, I don't know what it was like before, but obviously now that context is no longer relevant, and that's why those types of gendered roles need to change or need to be done away with completely. And so the... Agreed. Oh, you know, obviously a lot, a big arc in this story was... Getting uh getting Katara to be trained by Master Paku and mm-hmm. comes out in a weird way because it turns out what Katara's grandmother was betrothed to Master Paku like seventy years ago. Yep. Grand she, Grand Grand, grand Kana, by the way. We yes, finally get her name. Kana. She bailed. Uh we don't really yeah. know why she bailed, but of course Katara says it at the end well sort of says like, oh well, you know, she didn't want to follow the customs of the tribe. She believed it was dated, she believed it was unfair, and so she left. And so I think, yeah, that, that's a parallel for, you know, rules or, or, or traditions are only as valid as the time they exist in. And if the time mm-hmm. is no longer calling for them or needing them, then maybe it's time for
0: You those. need to adapt, you need to grow, you need to evolve. And I think it almost, again, weirdly, ties into the previous episode. The air temple had to grow and evolve to fit these refugees and give them a safe place to work and grow and evolve and live.
1: It, yeah, that's it. It's interesting. Is that this is sort of whole development of time and development of of change? Uh, probably a big theme of the whole show. If I if I bet I if I looked back or looked
0: forward or yeah, I'm mean, gonna keep that in mind. I've always felt like change is one of the most easy. Labels to give something, because I think every story involves change in some way. True. But in this case, it is a bit more specific, you're right.
1: Yeah, it's just an environment, social, cultural change It's just, uh, yeah, obviously Aang being sort of the the, the driver of that, being alive a hundred years ago, but freezed, and then now he's back, so I think a lot of it is seen through Aang, but even mm-hmm. just you know the world's changed and some people refuse to some people have trouble dealing with it yeah so i think a lot of this how how characters in the show react to things changing or how they react to the environment around them changing uh, i obviously i'm sort of just discovering this now so my thoughts are yeah not that's
0: part of our, that's why i like this retrospective it's a it's a good way to go back and re reevaluate things we may have not noticed the first time around yeah um i guess want to jump over to zuko's story for a little bit because that one gets pretty revved up it does i'm pretty biased i'm always a little more excited when
1: zuko's in an episode last episode was <laughs> great
0: but it didn't have enough
1: zuko for me
0: um no and again it's a great character i love him i mean hey more zuko means more ira which means i'm happy yes
1: yeah, so we get to start with music night on the ship they much alluded to music night yes um so that was great and. Yeah, you're right, it ramps up to 11, like, Zhao hires the pirates to
0: kill Zuko. Oh, yeah, it's not even like, oh, like, take out his ship. Oh, it's not like, you know, kidnap him. Oh, not threaten him, no, no. Blow up his ship. I want him dead. Yeah. Like, that is murder.
1: Yeah, like, even in the synopsis is it assassinate.
0: Like, yeah, like... Yeah, cool. As much as I don't think the show has really been, like, coy about death, it, like, again, with the finding the skeleton of the in-the-air temple, like, the show is not, like, shy about, like, understanding that death is a real thing in this world. That's a pretty heavy, like, I'm gonna hire some people to blatantly kill somebody.
1: Yeah, I think this is the first time the show comes out and says, Well, I'll- like, at least to a known character. Like, there's times I it's mm-hmm. like, okay, Jet, you're going to blow up a dam and, and kill everyone. Then it's like, ah, oh, that's that's bad,
0: but... Alright. Yeah, but this is legit, like, this is a main character trying to kill another main character with... Uh, I will admit, I wrote, I wrote something down here. I, I've been reading it the last, like, 30 or 40 seconds trying to remember what the heck I had written. Right. But I wrote, tasty, lol. Blasting this jelly. What was I talking about? Sorry? Blasting jelly. No, it was I finally remember what it was. It was when the he when uh Zhao's uh Zhao, right? Zhao sorry Zhao. Yeah. is paying the pirates and he takes the piece of gold, puts it in his mouth, and goes, hmm tasty. Oh like the way you would expect like in like the classic movies is like bite it to make sure it's real. Yeah. no, he was actually tasting the gold. He's tasting the gold. <laughs> that to me was just a really, really tiny I had to like rewind to be like, Wait, did he just Okay, he did. That's adorable and hilarious. Like for a show that is like an episode that is very serious, and the last episode as well being also very serious, there isn't much room for humor that when they can squeeze in a little, like, really quick joke, I thought I appreciate it.
1: Yeah, so obviously Iroh saw the explosion. I don't, obviously we don't really see what happened between then, between, like, sort of Iroh witnessing the explosion of Zuko's ship and maybe thinking he's dead, and then Iroh goes and joins Zhao with the rest mm-hmm. of Zuko's crew, um, but we later find out that Iroh's only doing this to be closer to Zuko, who is stowed away in Zhao's army, undercover. So he's not dead, he's very much alive. Uh, a little worse for wear in the face, but uh, mm-hmm. somehow he's alive, somehow Iroh knows that he is alive, and now they're together, and they're joining a Zhao's secret fleet. avatar mission. Yes, they're on a secret avatar mission, while being part of a bigger mission, to destroy the Northern air temp, uh, the Northern air temple, Northern water tribe and capture the avatar, but then they're going to capture the avatar. So it's uh, all the three big
0: players are coming together. Pretty much. Yep. We also did glaze over in the Zuko story. It's that very interesting moment when Zhao is in his room and notices the two broadswords on the wall. Yes, that's true. He definitely remembers the blue
1: spirit, Um uh, I like how how the blue spirit. They've already sort of he's already become a bit of a legend because Iro's like, yeah, I've heard about it. I don't, I don't think, think he's, he's real. real, and I feel like Iro just being Iroh, he probably knows who it is, just because. Oh I yeah, assume... no, I have no doubt. Iroh's like, yeah, I know. I'm just protecting my uh, my uh, my nephew. Exactly, exactly. So I think I, I bet he knows. Um, another thing I actually realized we forgot to mention is. I'm sort of jumping back into the into the no, okay. storyline, but Sokka finally gets a date with Yue, and yes. she sort of stiffs him. Like I mean, she kisses him, but then she reveals that she is engaged and that they can't. Well, be no, getting.
0: she's no. First, there's the encounter on the boat where she says, "Yes, we'll do it. We'll do an activity at a place and a time. Meet me on that bridge tonight." Right. He gives her the the little like carving, and she runs away, and he's like, "Ugh, women, I don't understand." And then in his attempt to empathize with her later, she reveals, no, 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 the reason I can't be with you because I like you is because I'm engaged. So, like, what? Yeah, so there's... Yes, but overall, that entire little mini-story arc is very, like... A Little bit of the cliche of like the oh, I'm arranged to be married to someone, but I like you better. Whatever shall I do? It does very Canadian there,
1: it does make sense in the law because it's you know, northern water tribe custom, arranged marriage still seems to be a thing. Mm -hmm. I would say, especially in in higher class families, which UA being a princess is, and I think just this is just going off memory. I believe we do meet her um, husband to be. And I think he's a high-ranking person of some sort. Yeah, I, I, I feel
0: like it's even just even if I had to just guess who he'd be, I'm like, oh, in the next two episodes during the big war with the Fire Nation, he'll be, like, the young, super talented general of, like, one of the troops and, like, I think, will be I a think better he, warrior than Sokka.
1: I think you're right. I think I think he's a high-ranking member of the, the Water Tribe And, like, this is, like,
0: like, 100% just if I were writing the show as generically as I could, that would be the solution and it's unfortunate that's the route they take but given how many stories they've have to cram into these last this and the next two episodes their story being a little more generic especially the the way their story ends i think is okay
1: i think they get a pass yeah i think they get a pass yeah. i
0: also love in my notes I, I have like literally i have a note of gram gram Kana, the mystery the note about uh them trying to kill zuko in my next note Never mind. Short mystery. <laughs> <laughs> oh, like oh it. okay, this is like a big like multi-episode thing. Literally four scenes later, we have the most amazing fight scene, I think to date in the show. Yeah, we get some great water bending. Oh man, the friggin' frozen disc slow mo neo dodge the reflection of the glass like that's cool. I think you could see the exact moment when Master Paku is like, oh
1: shit, this, uh... Yeah.
0: <laughs> like, oh, I gotta stop being a baby about this and actually fight her to win. And, like, just seeing, like, the, even just the, the evolution of Katara's, like, animation as she's getting more worn out and more, like, desperate and more, like, digging in, like, the hair getting loose, like, yeah. the heavier breathing, the, like, almost, like, arching her back and shoulders, like, it, it, it's really good animation, but...
1: It is intense, and it is gorgeous. I'm really glad that they had her technically lose the fight. Yeah. I think it would have been a little too, like, come on, really? If she had beaten him? And I think her losing, but her showing the resilience and always getting back up and always being willing to fight, I think that proved just as much of the point that the show writers were going for as if she were to win the fight, which should also be like okay, no, that makes no sense. She's when we first met her, she was a good but novice waterbender, and this guy's been a master for sixty years. It wouldn't make sense. Um, yeah. So I'm glad that they had her lose uh, because I still think it accomplished what the writers wanted to accomplish.
0: Yeah, and I mean, there's part of me that looks at the the final resolution of him realizing the necklace belongs to Kana and. This is Kana's granddaughter and she left the water tribe and went to the south because she couldn't handle their traditions. So almost like a twofold attack of like him gaining respect for her resilience. Yeah. And then realizing that he now has a second chance to almost repay the love of his life by training the granddaughter and throwing away the silly old ways. I air quote, as I say old ways, uh and train a female warrior waterbender um i almost feel like it. Like, as i was looking at it i was viewing it as like a cheap angle of like no let katara have this on her own don't make it be like i'm doing this for your grandmother like that kind of takes away from her achievement but i think looking at it as he's doing it for both of them this is his way of repaying his true love by it doing what he couldn't do back then and letting her be her own person and instead treating her the way the tribe wanted him to treat her. Again, I think I'm putting a lot of like assumption on this, but I, I see it where just, you're going. It, it, it feels better to me that this is him growing as a character and realizing that her leaving was due to the way the tribe was run. And he's now doing this to another woman.
1: I I think that's possible. I think, I think if you were to say that to the Reyes, I'd be like, yeah, I think that makes sense.
0: Um, we'll meet them one day. And we'll just pepper them with these annoying questions. Tie yeah, them to a chair, their ears pinned open, make them listen to this whole thing.
1: That's it. So now Paku is teaching Katara. Uh, it's not <laughs> clear if he's teaching women in general or just Katara. I'm going to assume the former that he's just that they, they they now teach women how to fight. Uh, and if they don't, then once the next couple episodes roll through, they might be more inclined to. Um, Whew, yeah. And then, obviously, we end with Zhao and his massive fleet, and they are headed towards the Northern Water, Tem- Northern Water Tribe, and we are ready for a big-ass battle in the last two episodes.
0: Yes, which I am so excited for. Like, I am... Like, I know, top of the episode before we recorded, you were mentioning we may have to, like, push our recording date a little bit, which, again, totally fine. I've pushed you too often. <laughs> uh but, like, I am so, like, ready to watch these episodes. Yeah. I, I may them. even, like, watch them once and then a second time with com- like with notes, so I don't, have to, like, stop and note. hmm Do a double viewing. Ooh, Ooh, scary. Double the work for my own fun? <gasps> How dare I? Watch a TV show meant for children for entertainment? Gasp. That'll be good. Um... I feel like there's not much more to say. These are just two really solid episodes. Again, as you said, we're ramping up to a finale. Yeah. It, this is this is where you stop pulling punches and you start throwing in your A-game, and it shows. Yeah. Like, uh, again, I think if we look back at this entire season, I think we called out, like, three episodes like, really skippable filler. I think... Uh yeah
1: there's two or three that we said eh, you could skip. I remember saying
0: it for the Great Divide I remember saying it for uh, the Miss Wu episode
1: yeah I feel like there was I thought like there might have been one more that I'm trying to
0: yeah like I'm even thinking like I'm going through the expression I we're so spread out our listenings and our recordings and our watchings that it's like I'm sure I'm missing an episode here and there but then like, we do two at a time so it's hard to think of like the two episodes apart from each other but like I'm sure there's one more, either bef- like early, 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 or like one more late one, where maybe we're like, eh. But anyways, like the fact that we're having trouble to remember in a what is this a twenty episode season? We're on episode yeah. I lost track of numbers. How do numbers work? No,
1: you're right. How it's was, a twenty episode season. I think those hey, are the exactly. only two, honestly.
0: That, that yeah. I would consider. I mean, that's ten percent. Ninety percent of your show is so good. That even when the episodes are literally filler, I can't think of skipping them because they are that well done. Yeah. Like, that is impressive. That is good work, good showmanship. I mean, I know it's calling the shot early because we still have two episodes left, but I know how good the finale is, and I know how good the show gets. Yeah. You know what? If ever this gets back to anyone involved with the show in any way, shape, or form, you did amazing work. Thank you.
1: Very excited for the live action series in two years
0: I am I really am G- seeing what that team has done with the Dragon Prince, which I'm still going to encourage you when again I know life when time permits yes um, is a very fun watch. One of my other co- uh, friends has just finished watching it and she is just so amped for uh, the next like the next season. they did that thing too where like the opening of the show kind of does like a explains the history of magic and the six uh six or yeah six elements mm-hmm. uh and then the first eight the first nine episode season is the first element so we're hoping there'll be five more seasons one for each element so we'll get like a good chunk of story right on. but uh it's kind of a fun like it's a, almost a nod back to avatar of like the opening almost feels like an extended version of the avatar opening where it names each of the elements and what their power is and where they come from and then we have the first season is all based on the first element Oh nice! Well, so it is. Harkens back nicely.
1: Cool. Anyways,
0: I am gonna go chug some Nyquil. Yes, I'm gonna I'm gonna practice sleep bending because oh my god, this cold is killing me. Well, um, uh, I, I'm trying to think how we normally end the show. We say our Twitter handles. Mine is at boxless thought, and yours is at at Ryan W. Doing like weird monster hands like i'm making weird shapes in my hands as if i were like a robot who can't move um because i'm just feeling like a robot who can't move there um as usual reach out to us on twitter or any other social media you find us on and let us know your thoughts and opinions we'd like to add in your notes to episodes have we missed anything do you disagree did we yep. miss something valid do you know the exact distance from the north pole to the south pole in their universe? I mean, I would love to find out. I'm like I'm picturing that subreddit. They did the math. Someone's on a post this <laughs> there, and I'll be so excited. Send us, send us your info, please. Yes, fill us in, my my little ear benders. Aw, still, still so unashamedly proud of that stupid name. <laughs> I'm to a t-shirt eventually. Have a good night, everybody. Good night. If you're sick, get better. Have some chicken soup and Nyquil. And if you're not mm. sick, avoid me. Don't get sick. Good idea. Yeah, short pause there. I'm dying.